Masakela with Timlela, and it is the title of his 2002 album, Time. All right, the title track, I should say. The title is a Hosa word that describes a person who is full of love and who strives to create harmony with others. You know, like me. <laughs> Masakela uh, was a very beloved musician, and uh, he was the husband of Miriam Makeba, and uh, a really genuine, genuinely involved person, hoping to do his role, to do his part in the liberation of his country. He died of prostate cancer on January the 23rd, 2018. He was 78 years old. This is Lead Stories. I'm Patrice Lead, and welcome. Different, oh, there we go. <laughs> People think I'm joking. There has got to be a, a, a an explanation to this. Whenever I get ready to do my program, the noisemakers come right by my window. It's <laughs> I, I can't do anything except I either laugh or I cry. So I'm choosing to laugh because it is amazing how this happens. One day we will learn the secret. Well, um, lots of people, lots of families are happy. Their prized children are graduating and moving on. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about education today. If the noise is too much, we really will have to just figure out something else to do. But this is this is crazy. Okay. There's been a lot of construction here lately, and uh, I noted time and again. It, I don't know why. If there are meetings that are going to be loud, lots of talking, let's go down to your Teresa's window. And let's start our arguments there. Or if you have to make noise like is being made now, you have to come down to my my window. It's it's uh, it seems to be a, a procedure now. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about education. And I wanted you to have a say here because there are a couple of questions I'd like to ask. The first question I'd like to ask is, based on your own experience, did studying hard and getting good grades, a good education, situate you for a life you thought you could have or would have? I'll read it again. 
based on your own experience, did studying hard and getting a good education situate you for a life you thought you could or would have? How about that? What's the answer to that from your perspective? Since everybody's talking about education these days, I have another education question, but this is the first one. I read it again. Based on your own experience, did did studying hard and getting a good education situate you for a life you thought you could or would have? 888-874-4888 is a number to call. Let's get started with this one. And there's another question attached to this that will be a little bit more difficult to answer. But I'd love to know what your answer is to this particular question because we'll see whether you touch on the real hot issue here that is buried in the question. 888-874-4888. Let's see. No callers yet. You guys are moving too slow. I've got to get you energized somehow that you're on the ball, you're ready to roll, you're on the other side of midday. So your your whole apparatus ought to be in good form right now and you're, you're bursting with energy. So let's hear what your answer is to that. Based on your own experience, did studying hard and getting a good education situate you for a life you thought you could or would have. What's your answer to that? In light of uh, all these graduation ceremonies being held these days. And we'll have another question as well, but I'd like you to address this first one. Let's hear what your answers are. And if you're, if you, Coming from the gut, we'll know because there are certain things that will pop up in your answer, and we'll see if they do. 888-874-4888. What say you? What say you to that question? Based on your own experience. Based on your own experience. Oh, I don't see anybody on the board yet. So maybe I should raise the other question as well. What, in your view, is education's biggest secret? What, in your view, is education's biggest secret? Now, if you don't have an answer to that question, check your pulse because you're dead. 888-874-4888. 888-874-4888. Let's get some answers going. Nothing is on the board. Okay, so we'll move on. We'll move on. I've said before, and I'll just say it one more time, this program is your program. It is designed to 
help you be very comfortable being public about your feelings and your your opinions and ideas. It is designed to help you develop excuse me excuse me develop a way of communicating and in communicating you're telling people this is how I formulate my opinions. I look for facts, I put them together, I see a picture emerge I interpret the picture, what that is, what it means, and I share it with those on the program. That helps you become extremely valuable and useful in our community. You may have noticed the paucity of people who routinely and major issues that are developing in our communities, they're not consulted, they're not talked with, they're not talked to, they're not asked their opinions, and it is a shame. But it is not a permanent condition, not if you arrest it early enough and you work at developing the capacity to Put things together in a way that you can teach people what you know. So, here we go. All right, so what do we have here? We have no movement on that board. I suppose people went on strike this morning. (laughs) Are you that afraid of really... Talking or what? Dee from Georgia, you're on the air. And pardon the noise, please, because we can't do anything about it. Yeah, hotel, you chief. Hotel. Uh, so the first question, I got a master's degree. And when I got my job, to my surprise, it made my life hell. Uh, first of all, I've I, I'm, I'm worked with the federal government for about 30 years. And I thought wow. working for the federal government, uh, the more qualified you was and the more that you showed you could do the work, you get promoted. I ran into that thing called R, racism from white folks. And to my surprise, I also ran in, I ran into the thing called J, jealousy from black folks. Black folks felt like that I was going to take that job, so they were real. I'm not hearing you very well. Uh, could you speak directly into your phone so I can hear yes. exactly what you're saying? Thank you. I am. Thank you. Okay. Uh, can you hear, can you hear me now? Yes. Yes, I can hear you now. Okay. Like I said, I ran into racism from white folks. Uh, they didn't want to see me advance over them. They felt they felt threatened by by me, but they did appreciate me for doing the work that I did. And if 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 I kept doing the work, they would would protect me as long as I protected them. They wouldn't let me go ab- above them, 
but they will protect me. They will give me little bonuses, so forth and so on. And the bonuses was halfway nice. When I started working up underneath black folks, I, I couldn't imagine how much hell I caught. It got to the point where I started uh, uh, praying for a clansman that was just halfway fair. They were so insecure and jealous about their job. They sent me through H. They they talked to me any kind of way they wanted to. Um, my my, I, I barely got any bonuses, no promotions. But on the other end, white folks who did less than I did get all got almost everything. You know, so so my life throughout the federal government, my work career was the degree was was more of a curse than it was a blessing. It was a blessing because. My father and mother and so forth and so on, they were very proud. But out in the real world, I called, I called H, hell. <laughs> wow. As you look back now, first of all, are you proud of yourself that you came through that experience without falling apart and breaking down as might have been planned. You trees. I think I did break down. Uh, you did. I think I did. I broke down because I became so angry, and I didn't have anybody to vent to. Uh, the people on the job, I was, I would, I would, they would, they would be going through the same thing I would, black folks. And I would say, look here, let's, let's get together and go to EEOC and, and file a complaint. Because me filing a complaint on my own, it, it wouldn't do nothing. And they didn't want to do it. To, to them, I became a threat because mm. I was drawing attention from my supervisors, and they didn't want to be bothering me. And so when I would come home and try to tell my wife, she didn't believe it. She wouldn't believe it. So through him, just keep it to myself. Just, I mean, I, I became so angry that on on the twenty seventh of two thousand six, I had a stroke. Uh oh. And and I, I went back to work, but then I developed an autoimmune disease. So in, in two thousand and eleven, I retired disability. So that's why I say I think they kind of they, they kind of got to me. And and I always question myself, you know, maybe I should have gone along with the program, this, that, and other. But now, now I said no, I should I, I should stay true to myself. It costs, but I should stay true to myself. And I try to tell the other young folks, it's a certain way that you fight back. I didn't really know how to fight back. I let I left left myself wide open. How do you feel now? How do you feel now as you look back at that time that you went through these ordeals? How do you feel about what you did in order to make it through? I I, I, I feel pretty good because most of the people that was given those problems and so forth and so on, they're dead. They're dead. And and I felt like I felt like okay, 
I suffered a little setback, but I'm here, and I can tell the other young folks how to navigate better than I did. So I feel pretty good. Uh, I've recovered from my strokes and everything. I'm, I'm managing uh, uh, my autoimmune disease. So I'm feeling pretty good. I'm glad to hear that, Dee. I'm glad to hear that you prevailed. You survived, and you prevailed, and you're still going. That's great. That's a victory. Yes, and I'm, I'm glad that you lived long enough to experience a victory. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your story with us today. Yes, ma'am. Okay. E from Edgewater, you're on the air. Good afternoon to the uh, PRN family. Thank you. And good afternoon to you, E. Thank you. What What is your yeah. response to that question that I asked? Well, I think I think education is possibly the greatest tool the system used to divide people up, even more than racism, because uh, it's like a class thing, you know. Especially college, I'm starting to think they they made the Vietnam War happen just so people would avoid the drift by joint of going to college. You want to get a lot of people in college. And everybody had to go to college in order to keep up. It was like a Ponzi scheme. The people that got in on the, on the front level, they do all right, and they, they are successful and have a good life. But then as more and more people you know, are forced to go to college and get themselves into debt because they have to take out loans. You know, for rich people, they can afford to send their children to the best universities in the world and there's no problem. They don't have to think about it. They just pay the money and it's done. And then all these kids get to have a good education, if that's what you want to call it, and uh, graduate from the top universities, and then they get to pick to all the good jobs. So it's dividing people up in a very bad way. I mean, when the pilgrims came on the Mayflower and they landed here, I don't think there was any schoolhouses made by the Native Americans here. We learned from living. We did our things with the land and we respected the planet as, it, as if it was our mother. And that's what we lost and forgot and got tricked into believing all this other stuff's important. So I just want to repeat the question. Uh, Based on your own experience, did studying hard and getting a good education equip you for a life you thought you could have or would have? No, because I saw right from the start when I was a little boy that this was a brainwashing uh, uh, experience. And I wanted to learn things outside. So. I didn't go to school that much. I went enough to graduate from high school and get a diploma. And I figured I was going to get a job with the, with civil service or something. I had worked in the parks department when I was in high school as a seasonal park worker. 
and I enjoyed that work, and I did it for five years. And uh, unfortunately, when I graduated, Lindsay was the mayor. I'm not saying it was his fault, but there was a freeze on all city jobs, and they weren't hiring anybody off any list, and there were no tests given out. So I ended up starting to drive a taxi and end up doing that for uh, a long time. So it didn't benefit me because I didn't, uh, you know, I grew up in with parents, you know, my father just, look, I don't want to get into a lot of stuff and take a long time. So I'll, I'll just, uh, you know, is that, am I answering your question? You, you're doing fine. Okay, well, my father, he had, when he was 17, his father died. It was the Depression. His mom couldn't, had to take care of his older sister who had polio because probably from vaccines or whatever, a lot of people got polio back then. I'm talking about in the 30s. And uh, my father had to quit his last year of school and join the Navy so he could send the money home to take care of his mom and his sister. And then he'd had to do four years in the Navy from 17. You were allowed to do that back then, join when you're 17. I don't know if it's still the same thing. So, uh, you know, we grew up not expecting to go to college because, you know, he had a job with the city and it made a certain amount. And we lived in apartments and it was just like, you know, high school is good enough. You get a job with the city and, and that's good. You know, you, you should be happy just to, to, to be able to live your life, you know, in this complicated world. So, uh, you know, I was looking at education more as a trap than something that was going to benefit me because of the uh, social class, I guess, that I was in. Uh, we lived in a decent neighborhood and rented apartment all the time. And a lot of my friends owned houses, uh, parents owned houses on the same block. And, you know, a few of them went to college, but it wasn't a big thing back then because I was born in the fifties and it didn't start to become something that you had to really do until like the late seventies and the eighties. I think the people started feeling that college was a must thing to do whether you put yourself in hock or not, it didn't matter. You had to at least get on that level with everybody else on the playing field. But it benefits the wealthy people because they can send their children to the finest, uh, most reputable schools in the land and not have to worry about the money part of it. So that's a big separation uh, when we're talking about systems slanting, slanted system, you know, we're all sliding down and they're all going up. So I wish we stayed. I wish them, I wish them, the pilgrims said, oh, look at these nice people. They don't do anything wrong to the planet. They're not making sewers and they're not making dams and all this stuff. Let's do what they're doing. And the hell with these British and Europeans, they don't know what they're doing. They created disease and all kinds of crap over there in Europe with all their sewer systems and everything stemmed from uh, bad uh, hygiene and all kinds. And they brought it over here with the smallpox. And, and, it's, you know, and that's history. So what can we do? You know? What can we do? Well, thank you. Thank you for calling in and contributing today. I appreciate it. Lalita from New York, you're on the air. 
Hi, you trees. Hello. Hello there. So um, I worked my butt off through school from day one until I finished college. I came out with a master's degree. Um, I'm here as a child of Jamaican immigrants, just so you know. Um, and I, I came to the conclusion that formal education is really overrated. And kind of along the lines of what he was saying, I love him. He's so on point. Um, it's a racket. It's a racket. It's like the new opiate of the people. And it's also designed to keep people poor. Precisely what you were saying. So I don't really have a whole lot more to add than that. But I think the reason you haven't got many calls is because it's just too painful for, for people to admit. People cannot deal with this because we've all bought into it. The fact that having a higher education is going to make everything great. You're going to live the American dream. And it's not true for most people. For most people, it's just another debt trap. It's another form of slavery in a way, like debt slavery. And it's really unfortunate. But it hurts. The truth hurts. And I think that's basically it. So this is part of your mindset every day you get up and you, you I suppose you, you work somewhere. And this is what you carry. <clears throat> this is what you carry with you every day. Well, I, you're, Are you implying that that's a burden for me or that's a horrible way to live? No, no, no. I'm saying that it, you have, in other words, an extra burden uh, that people may not readily recognize, but you know that you have it. And how does it make you feel to have a special burden that many people do not have? Why you? What do you mean by special burden? Do you mean just the realization that I have? The fact that I'm living in reality and not Disneyland? What do you mean exactly? I mean that you you are carrying different thoughts in your head as to mm -hmm. where you are, what put you there. Does it does it constitute a burden? I use I don't know what the the best word is except a burden. Does it constitute a burden for you? Uh, not necessarily all day, every day, but enough of the time that it affects you. Um, it affects me, but I feel like I'm, I, it, it's the reality that I live in. So it's not something I think about constantly, it's just what it is. And I've dealt with it and I deal mm -hmm. with it. Just get on with it. Hmm. Do you think that you you've mastered the art of getting on with it? You can separate <laughs> yourself from that. It's a process, you trees. Just like growing up, just like life, it's just something you do step by step, and you do the best that you can with what you got. I like your attitude. I like that. But of course, you recognize <clears throat> that. While you are dealing with this in your own way, there are people who aren't able to make sense of it necessarily. And they quietly sink into an abyss somewhere. And they, yeah. they you know, they, they begin to attack themselves as opposed to saying yeah. that they're not the problem. I get that. There's a lot of mental illness around. 
for for some of the reasons that we've covered for sure and yeah i get down about it sometimes the reality of things Mm -hmm. that are when they're so different from what you were raised to believe or expect through media growing up on tv shows you know everything's wonderful in the united states right it's perfect for everybody um that's the message that you get growing up the reality of it is quite hard and yeah it's painful at times um, I don't try to pretend that it's not. I'm not saying that it's not difficult for me ever, but I, I have to get on with it. Otherwise, I would sit in a ball in a corner of a room and cry. Mm. And I feel bad for anyone who's suffering or who suffered the same experience and, and is hurting. Oh, I God. think that being honest oh, about it, though, or maybe, is maybe helpful. I don't know. I'd like to think. But you have a lot, a lot of strength. I admire that. You have Thank a lot you. of strength, and you're not avoiding reality. Mm-mm. You're battling just the same, and yeah. you try. You just said it in a phrase: "Make the best of it." Make the best of it. How long do you think you you have to go in that vein of making the best of it? Oh, I've lost count. I've been here over 30 years. Um, I don't know. It's a constant evolution. I can't tell you exactly when it happened. But I think maybe the last couple of years, this time out that we've all been on has given me a little more space to see things really broadly and find the time in my head to form the words and the sentences so that they will make sense to me and then be able to share that with other people. So it's just, you know, it's been a long process. It's been a long journey. Can't tell you when it happened. It's still happening. It's all unfolding all the time. Well, keep on keeping on. You're very brave and very courageous. And I suspect also being very modest. You're probably a very powerful person in your own way, but you don't want to say so, but... I sense it. Thanks Thank for you. calling in and contributing today. You're welcome. Thank you. All righty. So, Ed from Queens, you're on the air. Hey, good afternoon, Latrice. How you doing? Okay. How are you doing, Ed? Well, you know me and the thumbs. <laughs> Hanging by your thumbs. Okay. There you go. So, what do you um, think? What is Ed- your answer to this question? Okay, uh, well, your first question, um, I never really got any value from traditional education in my younger years to say that uh, studying and passing classes and obtaining grades, um, it, 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 didn't, it wasn't difficult for me initially in most, in most subjects, and uh, I didn't really see any benefit in my early adult years. As I got older, past my 30s, I appreciated the fact that it, uh, I had good teachers. I had a, a good, I had several good teachers in my time. Mr. Solomon, he was my fifth grade teacher. Uh, another one of my teachers, Ms. Orenbach. And insofar as education teaches you how to think, and I call them good teachers because in retrospect, they taught me how to think. They taught me how to look at things and how to solve problems not just route memorization or or simple uh, equation solving. 
it taught me that they taught me how to look at a situation, take it apart, ascertain it, and then find out what is beneficial for me and what is detrimental for me, and to avoid the detriments and to uh, and to and to uh, exploit the advantageousness of it. And I appreciate education for that. It taught me how to think, and I believe that is a that is the primary goal of a successful education. Not insofar as how far you go, it's what you learn, what you retain, and can apply practically to your life. And that's where I benefited from. Um, I think, and I also think that's the greatest secret of education. It isn't how far you go, it's what you do or what you know. Because I've met highly intelligent people who haven't saw a day in college, and I've met some of the, some of the most highly educated idiots you ever want to meet. So, I mean, in, in that respect, the, seek, the great secret of education is learning how to apply it efficaciously in your life and how to use it as a benefit and not just some type of goal-seeking or some type of uh, uh, diploma status, landscape-seeking, is to really apply it. The greatest lessons I learned were outside of the formal education uh, spectrum, and they were with those teachers I mentioned, and in my in 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 reflecting upon the lessons they taught me, and using them later on in my adult life. How many young people going to school at your time do you think were thinking like you, or experiencing no, the experience like no. you had? There were a few. I mean, I was, I've always been different. <laughs> I, even before I knew I was different, I was told I was different. So, it, it, I, and uh, I believe in the universal law, like attracts like. So I attracted a certain type of people. And uh, fortunately, for the better part of my life, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, whether it be a higher power or whether it be just the universe's uh, arc of kindness in general, I've been fortunate to be blessed and surrounded by a few good people. And uh, I've, I've, despite my own ignorance, I've learned from them, sometimes the hard way, but hard lessons are the ones I've kept the most. Do you see that continuum in students today and their experience with education? Unfortunately, I do not. I mean, I, I, uh, dealing with, I don't have any children of my own, but dealing with my nephews and nieces and, and other people's children that I've met and interacted with on a level, I don't see that anymore. I don't see that, that, uh, that inspirational effect that a good teacher can have on you as far as learning. I don't see that. I don't see that desire anymore. I mean, it's just, uh, I but then I don't want to go off, but there's a lot of things that lead to that, but definitely, especially the American education system is completely lacking. It's completely lacking in factual information. It's completely lacking in actually enlightenment, enlightening a person. It's, it's, it's at a loss, and it's been that way for a long time, in my opinion. 
what do you what do you uh, think about the future of education and whether young people coming along will be served better by it? I think they'll be served poorly. I mean, we're coming into a situation where there is a lot of knowledge, accessible knowledge, uh, i.e. the Internet, uh, I, you know, um, computers, um, television, all of these. There's, there's several depots for information, good, bad, and indifferent. But the ability, knowledge is the ability to apply information. And that's, in my opinion, that's what a good education gives you. It gives you the ability to apply the knowledge in a practical way to serve you. And this education system doesn't do, doesn't do that. At best, it teaches you things. But what good is a hammer if you don't know how to drive a nail? You know? The, the, the knowledge is useless. The, the, the information is useless unless you acquire knowledge, and through knowledge you gain wisdom because wisdom is only knowledge applied. And uh, in, this educational system doesn't teach that. At best, it teaches you how to perform a task. And uh, if you're lucky and you're fortunate and there are enough of those tasks in the, in, in, in the greater populace, you'll get a, ta- you, you'll get a good job, you'll, get, you, you, you'll become proficient at that task, and you'll make a living. And that field is becoming ever smaller with technology, with AI, with, uh, with, 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 with automation. With the, the, the world is getting smaller and smaller. And uh, unfortunately, I don't think America, well, America is in a decline anyway. So I don't think the American education system is serving our young people well at all. Well, thank you for your two cents worth. Um, it's it's a great two cents in in what you say. That's for sure. Thank you very much Ed, you. for calling in today. Thank you. You're welcome, Henry from Chicago. You're on the air. Greetings, you tree. So ball as well. What's Greetings, Henry. How are you doing? Oh, I'm hanging in there, uh, waiting for this heat wave to come. <laughs> <laughs> um. Can, can, can you do me a favor? Can you repeat the question for me? Okay. Uh, based on your own experience, did studying hard and getting a good education equip you for a life you thought you could or would have? I would say yes. Um, but, of course, um I am uh, I am institutionally trained as a uh, IT specialist, information technology specialist. So, um, for me personally, I have my bachelor's and my master's degree in computer science, um, and it has served me well as in regards to you know what I make as far as you know uh, my career. Uh, I didn't, you know, I don't make as much as most, but, you know, it's, it's, it's good enough for me to, you know, make a living and later on, you know, uh, raise a family in in regards to that. So I would say personally uh, and materially and monetarily, I mean, it has served the purpose that, uh, that I, that I thought I I could attain. Uh, It took a little longer than expected because of the fact that, when you when you're talking about 
dealing with uh, education and technology because what I had started to see was a lot of advertisements of these jobs that says, you know, you can make, you know, six figures and working in, you know, coding and, and, and being a network administrator. Uh, just get these certifications. And I have to tell people, I said, listen, the education is fine, but most of these companies are hiring off of experience. So, you know, most of the young people that I had to mentor in these fields is like, uh, you got to understand when you're dealing with the, you know, the workplace of technology, education is important, but it's not the sole reason why you get these jobs because, uh, and I had to learn that the hard way as well, uh, because the thing is, is that experience is the number one thing that these companies hire for. And then at that point, if you get two people who have the same type of experience or close, then education becomes a factor. And that is what catapulted me to some, you know, some jobs and, and, and actual uh, assignments that I've had because of the fact that. I have the educational experience, even though me and the other person has had the same, um, um, you know, work experience. But then again, there were some situations where, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> skin color came into play, and <laughs> I got I got booted off of those uh, those contracts. But uh, yeah, personally, I think education has helped me, and has helped me obtain what you know what I really wanted. Now, as far as spiritually, it probably lacked a little bit, but um, monetarily, yeah, education has, has worked well for me. Are you glad that you made the choice or choices that you did? Yeah, I think I am. I, I, I think uh, the choices that I made... Um, uh, I haven't regretted. Okay. Why do I hear the word yet, even though you didn't say it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I don't. I, I haven't implied yet, have I? <laughs> no, no, no. But it, it kind of sounds like it's lurking in the background somewhere. Well, I, w I will say this. Um, that were, that probably been probably might have been some better choices that I I, I probably wanted to make, but uh, I guess what I'm saying is is that the choices that I have made I have not regretted. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. maybe that might have been I might have I might have wanted to do something else, you know, but I haven't regretted any of the choices that I made. Why did you head in this particular direction? career-wise well um, I started I started uh, I started I, well I graduated from high school in the in the early 90s so that was during the time where the, the, the technology boom started and you know early 90s um, you, you started to see campuses with uh, basically the internet but it was more of a, you know, more of a text-based uh, thing. Email started to uh, pop up in, in certain uh, academic circles. 
Uh, and then, you know, when the 90s started coming around, web starts started coming up. And like I said, the technology boom started to happen. So it was more based on the climate of the time. Uh, the climate of the time, education, uh, um, uh, sorry, uh, the, the industry started going technical. And at that point, that was the best time for me to get into a field like computer science. Hmm. Have you regretted it, or have you have you uh, been happy about the decision that you finally did make? I I, I mean, like I said, I, I haven't regretted it one bit. Um, hmm. The thing is, is that it is it, you know, like it served its purpose. Uh, I've I've been in this industry for twenty twenty plus years now, and. It, it, I mean, it's 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 fulfilled, like I said, its purpose to me. But uh, it's time for me to move on to something something else. Um, with the advent of you know new technology, uh, I, I, I'm starting to find it harder for me to keep up with it now because uh, I don't read as much uh, technical uh, periodicals as I used to. Uh, that's because I always had a desire to be in it and, you know, uh, obviously advance in it. Um, I was always reading computer books, uh, reading uh, magazines, like I said, to keep up with it. But I, I find myself doing less and less of that now. And, um, yeah, my desire for it is kind of waned. So, you know, it's kind of time to move on to something else. <laughs> oh, wow. Does that scare you, or does it make you think, well, it's just a matter of adapting to something new? I think it's just more adapting to something new. Um, you know, like I said, it, it's like when you do something for a long time, it just becomes a job. And that's how technology is to me. It's, you know... It, 20 years ago, it was a very exciting thing for me. You know, I was advancing in my career, but it was just not really fulfilling to me. And as I started to understand a higher purpose, you know, technology fulfilled my own personal goals, but it really didn't fulfill, like, a lot of the goals I wanted to do, say, um, you know, like I said, say spiritually and socially. And like I said, when I mean spiritually, I don't necessarily mean religious, you know. I get you. Um, I get it, you. It, yeah. Yeah. So. That force that, that continues to drive you, uh, this is separate from what people would think, uh, you know, church and whatnot. No. It is a life yeah. force of its own. Yeah. Well, exactly. thank you, exactly. Sir Henry, for calling in and contributing today. Thank you so much. Well, here's the thing. I now have a an overload of people wanting to talk. And I kind of figured that this might happen. Um, so we do have a crunch. So I'll do what I do whenever we have a crunch. We'll continue the discussion tomorrow. And uh, those who have called in later on in this program, I ask you to indulge us and call again tomorrow 
because we really do need to hear from you. It's You have a lot of important things to say. And perhaps this might be the first time you're actually expressing it and the first time we are hearing it. So uh, indulge us and come back again tomorrow. But we'll take the last call for today. And that's Gwen from New York. You're on the air. Oh, my God. Well, that was a lot, Eutrice. Um I have a lot of uh, issues about education. I have a lot of conflicts about education, too. And um, I think one of the things I want to, a lot of people pointed this out, and I'll just add to it, that I, I don't think that, I think that we have told young people that if they don't get a college education, that there's nothing in front of them. What we didn't tell them is if you get a college education, there's no guarantee of anything in front of you except for a gigantic debt. And the debt is higher than it's ever been. And we also have a government which has been so low that they've decided that this is the kind of debt that you can't get rid of. And it compounds. And so I had a niece who was in college, very mediocre college. Uh, and frankly, I was very astounded at, at the work. I mean, she was getting A's, but honestly, <laughs> to me, this was not A-level work. And uh, it seemed that everything was being rushed, rushed, rushed. Uh, the idea was to pack them in as many as you could and get them out as fast as you could. As a matter of fact, my niece always said this uh, phrase, one and done. That was pretty much it. And um, I encouraged her to be very careful of where she went to not in, uh, accrue a gigantic debt at the end. It wouldn't be worth it. I work with a lot of people that uh, went to college uh, that are younger than me, and they have enormous debts. I mean, I'm talking like $350,000. And they got education in stuff like theater arts, which, you know, was never going to be giving them that much money. So I would say if I was a parent, be very careful about um, educating your child about the educational system and that it's filled with pitfalls that could put ball and chain on their foot for the rest of their life with these enormous debts that seem to be that particularly uh, millennials just cannot get out of seems very unfair to me. Um, and I think it's also, um, I think it's also needs to be said that there are other jobs that are very stable, that are uh, very lucrative. I, I got to tell you something. I, I, I have, I met, I have a friend who's a uh, mechanic and he helped me with my car the other day. And it was like, wow, you know, why do we dismiss people that are doing this for a living when this is such a vital thing to do? And, uh, it's so necessary. Uh, people who build houses, um, people who are in the trades are constantly being looked down uh, by this group of people that went to college. And yet college certainly uh, in many cases today isn't much more than glorified high school with a gigantic price tag. So to me, I think that Ed was exactly right that uh, as a matter of fact, I know in my own case that I did not go to college after high school. I went to college when I got to be 32. And by the time I got to college, I loved it. I did super well because I was very interested and I had an idea of what it was I wanted to get from this, this college education. And so uh, it, to me, it was much more valuable uh, as an adult going and having some work experience under my belt, kind of figure out that, that I knew some of the things I did want to do. I knew the things that I wanted to move forward in. And I knew that college gave me... Um, a lot of uh, information that was necessary. Often I'll cite 
uh, things I learned in college when I'm talking about politics. I, I'll, I'll cite the figures that I learned when I was there. So um, I think it can be a really um, wonderful thing and a very gratifying thing. But I think the idea that everybody should just be herded into college after high school just because that's the thing to do, and then we offer so little and so, so many ridiculous college courses now, which, you know, cost a lot of money. I don't know about that. And I think also um, public school, although I had I had gone to very, quote-unquote, good public schools, there was, uh, I, I seemed to fall into a lot of the pitfalls anyway. But it, it doesn't, for me, erase the, the need for public school. Public schools should be better, much better. But I would not scrap them or trash them, and I really don't like the idea of having them compete with charter schools. To me, there is no such thing as a public charter school. It's, it's, it's privatizing public education. We should be using the money to make sure that all schools, at least for me in the, in the city and the state of New York, are all level. They're all the same, and they're all high quality. We shouldn't have some schools that are bad and some schools that are good. We have enough in our taxes to make sure that, that, that this could be that way. And I think the last thing I want to say is that I can't stand it when I hear grown-ups say that they don't want to pay the taxes for children to go to school because they don't have any. Well, really, somebody paid for you to go to school. I think it's at the, the height of selfishness to say that just because you don't have children in school, you don't want to see these children be educated. You know, we, we are all lucky enough. Well, we, we, we have to leave it there for the moment. Uh, if you wish, you can call back again tomorrow and just finish up. But there's a live program coming up, and I have a special soft spot for live shows. You can't, <laughs> you don't have too much room to wiggle. So thank you so much for contributing today, and thank you for your understanding. And please consider tomorrow as also uh, an addendum to what you're doing today. Thank you all. But this also uh, proves the point. Don't wait. You have something to say, get on the, the horn right away and say it. Of course, you do a little thinking, like about four seconds worth, and then you go at it. And this way uh, you get people, more people, give them, you give them the time to get their points in. So we'll wrap up today. And we'll come back and finish this discussion tomorrow. Thank you so much for everything you've contributed. <laughs>